followers of Jesus, listen, pay attention. The kingdom of God is as if someone would scatter seed on the ground and would sleep and rise day and night, and the seed would sprout and grow. She does not know how. Hmm. Listen, pay attention. With what can we compare the kingdom of God? It's like a mustard seed, which when sown upon the ground is the smallest of all seeds, yet when it is sown, it grows up and becomes the greatest of all, wait for it, shrubs. And it puts forth such large branches that the birds of the air can make nests in its shade. Again, we're doing our best to bend our ears and pay attention to the parables of Jesus, to listen, to lay these stories alongside the stories of our lives, to find our place, to find our way, to learn of the patience and perseverance of God's ways. And we are praying that these stories will shore us up in these days. And then with joy, we might spill out the fruit of the Spirit, seeding and spreading into places where we live and serve and work and play. So Jesus keeps on talking about agriculture, which makes sense. He's in touch with his hearers. He knows his crowd. And yet today's first story is, shall I say, boring? Someone scatters seed and then goes to sleep. I'm calling it the Rumpelstiltskin approach to farming. Yet, this boring story is supposed to be mind-boggling and marvelous. If you can go way back in time, for some of us, to that science project in elementary school, can you remember it? What kind of a seed was it? Yeah, it was often a bean seed, right? And we would take a styrofoam cup, it was the 70s, a styrofoam cup or maybe, um, maybe a plastic recyclable cup and we would take our tiny thumbs, right, and, and push that bean seed into the dirt and then we'd go to sleep. We'd wake up the next day and see what's happening. We'd go to sleep again. We'd wake up and see what's happening. The kingdom of God is like a seed that grows automatically. And Jesus is inviting us to be like little children. Don't take growth for granted. It's a miracle. It's spectacular. And it's easy for us to lose sight of this constant miracle, this life of the seed that grows automatically. It's like God's dream, God's reign, God's kingdom, that while we sleep, there's nothing we can do to make it grow faster or deeper or wider or more plentiful. That's good news. Listen, 
pay attention because maybe you haven't heard it that way in your Christian formation. For me, uh, part of my Christian formation was frantic. It was go, 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 go. Jesus commands us to go. It should be the exception if you stay. I'm making a niche reference to uh, 80s contemporary Christian music, everybody. (laughs) Or, Jesus rose from the dead, but you, you can't even get out of bed. Ding, 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 ding. Ask a teenage 80s Christian later about that song. Instead, Jesus says, sleep. (laughs) Sleep? (laughs) The seed will sprout and grow. And you don't know how. And and that's how my dream and my reign and my will is done on earth as it is in heaven. But there's got to be more to this, right, Jesus? He goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a second story. The kingdom of God is like a weed. An insidious, intrusive, fast-spreading, sometimes unwelcome weed. The kingdom of God is like a small, wild mustard seed that grows into the greatest of all shrubs. And that would have been a little comedy moment for Jesus with his crowd. The greatest of all shrubs? And yet the birds of the air find sanctuary and solace and nourishment in its dense, thick, broad branches. Last week, I invited us to dwell in the world of this story, the parables. And I I acknowledge that we're all on different places in the journey, and so how these stories might hit us or resonate with our lives or disrupt our lives might be different depending on the phase or the fortitude of our lives in these days. Some of us are thriving. Some of us are just barely making it to the finish line of this pandemic. We're weary. We're discouraged. We're heavy-hearted. So today's parables are good news for weary, parched souls. Jesus is not asking us to give an account of everything we accomplished in the last 15 months. Hallelujah. Jesus is not saying, you had all that time on your hands. Did you get around to blank? You know, insert that task that you didn't do. Instead, what if Jesus is asking us questions like, did you sleep? And our answer is, yeah. (laughs) Well, while you were sleeping, I got done exactly what I needed to get done. Nothing stood in my way. I was sprouting and growing and producing full heads of grain. It was bumper crop after bumper crop. And I didn't need a lick of crop insurance. What, Jesus? Where, Where did you do this and with who? And so maybe another Jesus parable question today that we might ask, he might ask of us, did you see the great things I did with so little? A little faith, a little seed, a little deed 
a little word, a little oil, a little flour, a few fish, a couple of loaves of bread. I nurtured the world. I had my eyes on the sparrow. I grew up shrubs, hither and yon, and even birds and other creatures found shade and welcome, hospitality and sanctuary. We live in the world of these parables, but this week I want to nudge us a bit and push us to live out of the world of these parables. For Mark's first century hearers in this gospel, they would have felt like they were facing insurmountable odds. The weaponry and the billy sticks of the Roman soldiers or that watchful, intimidating eye of the Roman troops their threats of violence always around them. There was no way that these Christ-following peasants and farmers and fishermen could stand up to the pressures and the forces of empire. They were pushed down. They were beleaguered. They felt small. So reading these words of Jesus would have been consoling and reassuring, hopeful words of promise. But these words of consolation and assurance didn't make them lazy or apathetic because you and I are Christians because of these first century Christians. They went to the ends of the earth with this message of hope and consolation and hospitality, compassion and care. And the mustard seed the roots and the shoots and the branches with their ability to infiltrate and spread into every nook and cranny became an image and a model for them and for us to go forth and do likewise. I'm going to show you a picture that might help us in our continuing reflection with the story. And I think everyone in the sanctuary got this picture And Evan is also going to show it online. One of my favorite preachers and teachers from Luther Seminary is Matt Skinner. And he talks about the church being a place of embodied existence. And then he goes on to say that however your church is conducting its ministry, it's got to provide hospitality, sanctuary, sustenance, and renewal. For those who need it, like little birds who find themselves in a field full of foxes. So I want you to look at the little birds finding hospitality, sanctuary, sustenance, and renewal. That's the work of the church in the world. That's our work of ministry. As we do that individually or corporately in the places that we're called to do it. Yes, we will sleep in the days ahead, but we are also invited to do. To embody faith. To give our energy and our gifts to the work of the church 
so that people and friends and neighbors and co-workers and schoolmates and even strangers might know this community of faith that we're a part of, the church local and global. And we pray that we would offer hospitality, sanctuary, sustenance, and renewal. So Lord, help us as a local church to do that. Help us to listen. Help us to pay attention. Help us to be tender and caring, compassionate, as we welcome the little birds who find themselves in fields full of foxes. Carry those words with you this week. Hospitality. Sustenance. Renewal. And in light of the promises of Isaiah, carry those words. We've already heard this phrase, but I'll say it again. The prophet Isaiah saying, You give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. Your word does not return empty. And you accomplish and succeed in all things. And I invite you to take your order of service. And as we close, I want us to return to the final phrase of today's litany that was written for us. And have those four words in your heart and your imagination as well. Hospitality, sanctuary, sustenance, renewal. Let's say those final phrases together. Our thirsty souls are watered by your grace. Our hungry hearts find nourishment in your love. Our hope is in you alone, O Lord. Our hope is in you.